0: Good morning, everyone, and welcome to our Course in Miracles daily reading conference call. We read from the text of the Course in Miracles original edition, published by our very dear friends at the Course of Miracles Society. I think there's one unmuted line. Uh, you can access an online copy of the original edition by going to jcim.net, and there, if you mouse over the link at top for online edition, you'll see the link to read. A-C-I-M-O-E. Also on that drop-down, there's an option to subscribe to have a daily excellent email sent to you from the Course in Miracles Society that includes both the text reading that we share uh, on the call as well as the lesson for the day. Uh, My name is Lori Cameron. This call is Monday through Friday from about 9.15 to about 11 a.m. Eastern. And today we continue our reading of Chapter 2 what uh, is muted line uh, the illusion of separation, and today we'll be reading section four here as lack of love. We're also mindful of our lesson today, Lesson nineteen. I am not alone in experiencing the effects of my thoughts by way of opening this morning um because it's so easy to forget, this is a benevolent universe. I thought this poem from Yuli K. Uh, to be particularly appropriate. It's called "The Goodness of Life." The goodness of life. This is how I see it. We are not promised an easy life. In fact, we will all, at one time or another, encounter pain. It, only, it may be only a small glimpse of it here and there, or it may infuse itself into nearly every pore of our existence. And we will, no doubt, question how it is that the goodness of life can be so fragile sometimes, how a heartbreak does not discriminate. It does not appoint suffering only to those who've caused it. It crashes itself wildly into the sweetest of rivers and tosses them about. But what I've come to know is this. The goodness of life does not depend on our circumstances. It depends on how graciously we allow our storm-tossed riverbeds to flow steadily toward the light even while they are still bent and stirred and swerving this is the essence of the heart that welcomes healing I'm not alone in experiencing the effects of my thoughts Amen Oh wow I love that the goodness of light that is beautiful where did that come from? Uh, a very generous poet by the name of Yuli Kaye. U L L I E K A Y E. Beautiful. Uh, she, she puts her stuff on Facebook real often. So,
1: anyway. Oh, going Yes, I'm thank love you, Fran. That, that is gorgeous. Gorgeous. Really? The goodness, goodness of
0: life. i glad
2: you liked it. Beautiful. Yeah. Thank you, Laurie.
0: Very, very welcome. I'll put it on our um, Course in Miracles conference call page, uh, page also. Um,
3: oh, wonderful. Right.
0: Okay, great. Oh gosh, I'm really glad you guys liked it. It was entirely in the spirit of today's reading, and so I couldn't resist it. Anyway, no, no, here's a perfect. reading list. <laughs> Thanks, Lyda. Today reading we have Le Moyne. Friend, Robin Marie and Jessica, and we're joined to listening this morning by Donna, Ida, and Lana. And who else has joined us? I'd like, to say good morning to be on the reading list.
4: Oh, hi Diana. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, um, you can put me down. Thank you. Marvelous. All righty. Very great. Okay.
0: Now with our mindset, here we go. Section four: Fear is lack of love. Page uh, paragraph seventy-two. You believe that "quote unquote" being afraid is involuntary, something beyond your control. Yet I have told you several times that only constructive acts should be involuntary. We've said that Christ-control can take over everything that does not matter, while Christ-guidance can direct everything that does, if you so choose. Fear cannot be Christ-controlled, but it can be self-controlled. It prevents me from controlling it. The correction is therefore a matter of your will. Because its presence shows that you have raised the unimportant to a higher level than it warrants. You have thus brought it under your will where it does not belong. This means that you feel responsible for it. The level of confusion here is obvious. Lemoyne.
1: Okay. Chapter 2, The Illusion of Separation. Section 4, Fear as Lack of Love. You believe, (laughs) excuse me, 72. You believe that being afraid is involuntary, something beyond your control. Yet I have told you several times that only constructive acts should be involuntary. We have said that Christ's control can take over everything that does not matter, while Christ's guidance can direct everything that does, if you so choose. Fear cannot be Christ-controlled, but it can be self-controlled. It prevents me from controlling it. The correction is therefore a matter of your will because its presence shows that you have raised the unimportant to a higher level than it warrants. You have thus brought it under your will where it does not belong. This means that you feel responsible for it. The level confusion here is obvious. The reason I cannot control fear for you is that you are attempting to raise to the mind level the proper content of lower order reality. I do not foster level confusion, but you can choose to correct it. You would not tolerate insane behavior on your part and would hardly advance the excuse that you could not help it. Why should you tolerate insane thinking? There is a confusion here which you would do well to look at clearly. You believe that you are responsible for what you do, but not for what you think. The truth is that you are responsible for what you think, because it is only at this level that you can exercise choice.
0: Thank you, LeMoyne and Friend. 73. The reason I cannot control fear for you is that you are attempting to raise to the mind level the proper contentment of lower order reality. I do not foster level confusion, but you can choose to correct it. You would not tolerate insane behavior on your part and would hardly advance the excuse that you could not help it. Why should you tolerate the same thinking? There is a confusion here which you would do well to look at clearly. You believe that you are responsible for what you do, but not for what you think. The truth is that you are responsible for what you think because it is only at this level that you can exercise choice. 74. What you do comes from what you think. I have to read that one again. That's amazing. What you do comes from what you think. You cannot separate yourself from the truth by quote-unquote giving autonomy to behavior. This is controlled by me automatically as soon as you place what you think under my guidance. Whenever you are afraid, it is a sure sign that you have allowed your mind to miscreate or have not allowed me to guide it. It is pointless to believe that controlling the outcome of misthought can reside in healing. When you are fearful, you have willed wrongly. This is why you feel responsible for it. You must change your mind, not your behavior, and this is a matter of will. Thank you, Fran and Robin Bree.
3: 74, what you do comes from what you think. You cannot separate yourself from the truth by, quote, giving, unquote, autonomy to behavior. This is controlled by me automatically as soon as you place what you think under my guidance. Whenever you are afraid, it is a sure sign that you have allowed your mind to, to miscreate, or have not allowed me to guide it. It is pointless to believe that controlling the outcome of misthought can result in healing. When you are fearful, you have willed wrongly. This is why you feel responsible for it. You must change your mind, not your behavior. And this is a matter of will. 75 You do not need guidance except at the mind level. Correction belongs only at the level where creation is possible. The term does not mean anything at the symptom level where it cannot work. The correction of fear is your responsibility. When you ask for release from fear, you are implying that it is not. You should ask instead for help in the conditions which have brought the fear about. These conditions always entail a separated mind willingness. At that level, you can help. You can help it. You are much too tolerant of mind wandering, thus passively condoning its miscreations. The particular result does not matter but the fundamental error does. The correction is always the same. Before you will to do anything, ask me if your will is in accord with mine. If you are sure that it is, there will be no fear. Thank you, Rafa Marie. Jessica. Wow. Okay. <laughs> I just I it I remember this paragraph from so well from looking up. How do I deal with fear? Um, Seventy-five. You do not need guidance except at the mind level. Correction belongs only at the level where creation is possible. The term does not mean anything at the symptom level, where it cannot work. The correction of fear is your responsibility. When you ask for release from fear, you are implying that it is not. You should ask instead for help in the conditions which have brought the fear about. These conditions always entail a separated mind willingness. At that level, you can help it you are much too tolerant of mind-wandering, thus passively condoning its miscreations. The particular result does not matter, but the fundamental error does. The correction is always the same. Before you will to do anything, ask me if your will is in accord with mine. If you are sure that it is, there will be no fear. 76. <clears throat> fear is always a sign of strain, which arises whenever the will to do conflicts with what you do. This situation arises in two ways.
0: Thank you, jo- uh, Jessica. I going to say, anyway... <laughs> put your name together with Diana. (laughs) So Diana, would you like to read uh, 76, 77 and 78, please?
4: Sure, 76. Fear is always a sign of strain, which arises whenever the will to do conflicts with what you do. This situation arises in two ways. 76. First, you can will to do conflicting things, either simultaneously or successfully. This produces conflicted behavior, which is intolerable to yourself because the part of the will that wants to do something else is outraged. 78, second, you can behave as you think you should, but without entirely willing to do so. This produces consistent behavior but entails great strain within the self. Thank Thank you, you, Diana. Yeah.
0: And is there a new reader that could read seventy six through seventy nine? I can
2: read the Lord Oops. Thank you, Lana. Okay. Um, and it's 76? through 79. 76. Mm-hmm. Okay. Fear is always a sign of strain, which arises whenever the will to do conflicts with what you do. This situation arises in two ways. First. You can will to do something, I'm sorry, you can will to do conflicting things, either simultaneously or successively. This produces conflicted behavior, which is intolerable to yourself because the part of the will that wants to do something else is outraged. Second, you can behave as you think you should but without entirely willing to do so. This produces consistent behavior but entails great strain within the self. In both cases, the will and the behavior are out of accord, resulting in a situation in which you are doing what you do not will. This arouses a sense of coercion which usually produces rage. The rage then invades the mind and projection in the wrong sense is likely to follow. Depression or anxiety is virtually certain, yikes.
0: Thank you, Lana. And did I hear you in there, Judy, willing to read? or what am I supposed to read, Lori? Well, you know what? I don't want to take 77 and 78 apart. So how about um, Will to Do conflicts with what you do 78, 79 77, 78, and 80. Keep it all 70, together. 77 through 80 then. Please. Oh, mm-hmm. Yep. Boy, doesn't this go with the lesson today. First, You can will to do conflicting things, either simultaneously or successively. This produces conflicted behavior, which is intolerable to yourself, because the part of the will that wants to do something else is outraged. Second, you can behave as you think you should, but without entirely willing to do so. This produces consistent behavior but entail, entails great strain within the self. In both cases, the will and the behavior are out of accord, resulting in a situation which you are doing what you do not will. This arouses a sense of coercion, which usually produces rage. The rage then invades the mind, and projection in the wrong sense, is likely to con- likely to follow. Depression or anxiety is virtually certain. 80. Remember that whenever there is fear, it is because you have not made up your mind. Your will is split. And your behavior inevitably becomes erratic. Correcting at the behavioral level can shift the error from the first two The second type of strain described above but will not obliterate the fear. It is possible to reach a state in which you bring your will under my guidance without much conscious effort. But this implies habit patterns which you have not developed dependably as yet. God cannot ask more than you will. The strength to do comes from your own undivided will to do it. There is no strain in doing God's will as soon as you recognize that it is also your own. Amen.
3: (laughs) Thank you, Judy.
0: And let's see, do we have another new reader for 80 and 81? Perref eighty and eighty one in chapter two. All righty,
1: back to you, Lemoyne. Right. Remember that whenever there is fear, it is because you have not made up your mind. Your will is split, and your behavior inevitably becomes erratic. Correcting at the behavioral level can shift the error from the first to the second type of strain described above, but will not obliterate the fear. It is possible to reach a state in which you bring your will under my guidance without much conscious effort But this implies habit patterns, which you have not developed dependably as yet. God cannot ask more than you will. The strength to do comes from your own undivided will to do. There is no strain in doing God's will as soon as you recognize that it is also your own. The lesson here is quite simple, but particularly apt to be overlooked. I will therefore repeat it, urging you to listen. Only your mind can produce fear. It does so whenever it is conflicted in what it wills, thus producing inevitable strain because willing and doing become discordant. This cannot be corrected by better doing, but it can be corrected by higher willing.
0: Thank you, LeMoyne and Fran. 81. The lesson here is quite simple, but particularly apt to be overlooked. I will, therefore, repeat it, urging you to listen. Only your mind can produce fear. It does so whenever it is conflicted in what it wills, thus producing inevitable strain because willing and doing become discordant. This cannot be corrected by better doing, but it can be corrected by higher willing. (laughs) Thank you, Fran, and thank you everyone who read. And I don't think I'm too far out on a limb to suggest that we might like to read it again, paragraph by paragraph. Perfect.
2: <laughs> yes. Okay. I'll have to pass, Laurie. I'm, okay. I'm away from my book. Okay.
0: All right. We'll read to you. Let's see how many. Is there anyone who hasn't read that would like to, as we go through this one more time? a little bit like drawing the paragraph that was meant for you (laughs) okay one, two, four five six we'll have to a couple of us will have to read twice so if Judy you want to do 72 Diana 73 Jessica 74 Robin Marie 75 Fran here we go 76 through 78 no 76 through 79 they're short Le Moyne 80 and I'll do 81 there we go yes that's just perfect so um, Judy if you'd like to start us off section four we'd love to Chapter 2. Thank you. Fear. I'm sorry. Am I on mute? No, we hear you. I was just, I was just thinking, yeah. Okay. Here we go. Uh, the Illusion of Separation and um, Fear as Lack of Love. 72. You believe that, quote, being afraid, unquote, is voluntary something beyond your control, yet I have told you several times that only constructive acts should be involuntary. We have said, it's very important, yet I have told you several times that only constructive acts should be involuntary. We have said that Christ's control can take over everything that does not matter, while Christ's guidance can direct everything that does, if you so choose. Fear cannot be Christ-controlled, but it can be self-controlled. It prevents me from controlling it. The correction is, therefore, a matter of your will, because its presence shows that you have raised the unimportant to a higher level than it warrants. You have brought it under your will where it does not belong. This means that you feel responsible for it. The level of confusion here is obvious. <laughs> Thank you. Uh,
4: Diana, 73 is to you. Oh, 73. The reason I cannot control fear for you is that you are attempting to raise to the mind level the proper content of lower order reality. I do not foster level confusion, but you can choose to correct it. You would not tolerate insane behavior on your part and would hardly advance the excuse that you could not help it. Why should you tolerate insane thinking? There is a confusion here, which you would do well to look at clearly. You believe that you are responsible for what you do, but not for what you think. The truth is that you are responsible for what you think, because it is only at this level that you can exercise choice. Thank you.
3: Is it my turn? Yes, it is, Jessica. Okay, (laughs) sorry. 74, what you do comes from what you think. You cannot separate yourself from the truth by quote, giving autonomy to behavior. This is controlled by me automatically as soon as you place what you think under my guidance. Whenever you are afraid, it is a sure sign that you have allowed your mind to miscreate or have not allowed me to guide it. It is pointless to believe that controlling the outcome of misthought can result in healing. When you are fearful, you have willed wrongly. This is why you feel responsible for it. You must change your mind, not your behavior, and this is a matter of will. 75, you do not need guidance except at the mind level. Correction belongs only at the level where creation is, is possible. The term does not mean anything at the symptom level where it cannot work. The correction of fear is your responsibility. When you ask for release from fear, you are implying that it is not. You should ask instead for help in the conditions which have brought the fear about. These conditions always entail a separated mind willingness. At this level, you can help it. You are much too tolerant of mind-wandering Thus passively condoning its miscreations. The particular result does not matter, but the fundamental error does. The correction is always the same: Before you will will, before you will to do anything. ask me if your will is in accord with mine. If you are sure that it is, there will be no fear. Fear
1: oh
0: that's it. Fear is always a sign of strain, which arises whenever the will to do conflicts with what you do. This situation arises in two ways. First, you can will to do conflicting things either simultaneously or successively. This produces conflicted behavior which is intolerable to yourself because the part of the will that wants to do something else is outraged. Second, you can behave as you think you should, but without entirely willing to do so. This produces consistent behavior that entails great strain within the self. In both cases, the will and the behavior are out of accord, resulting in a situation in which you are doing what you do not will. This arouses a sense of coercion which usually produces rage. The rage then invades the mind and projection in the wrong sense is likely to follow. Depression or anxiety is virtually certain.
1: Remember that whenever there is fear, it is because you have not made up your mind. Your will is split and your behavior inevitably becomes erratic. Correcting at the behavioral level can shift the error from the first to the second type of strain described above, but will not obliterate the fear. It is possible to reach a state in which you bring your will under my guidance without much conscious effort, but this implies habit patterns which you have not developed dependably As yet, God cannot ask more than you will. The strength to do comes from your own undivided will to do. There is no strain in doing God's will as soon as you recognize that it is also your own.
0: The lesson here is quite simple, but particularly apt to be overlooked. I will therefore repeat it, urging you to listen. Only your mind can produce fear. It does so whenever it is conflicted in what it wills, thus producing inevitable strain, because willing and doing become discordant. This cannot be corrected by better doing, but it can be corrected higher willing amen thank you everyone who read this today um, <clears throat> it's all about my thinking isn't it and you know um as I uh, there's just a couple minutes for the top of the hour four so I'll keep this really short um, <clears throat> as I was meditating on this this morning I was of course reviewing in my mind all the times Uh, that I can recall my behavior and my will were out of accord and uh, fear was experienced. But that wasn't particularly helpful. Um, And so I just asked, and you know what happened? As we read this together this morning, I thought of a perfect illustration we can all probably relate to. The very, very simple Bible story, or story in three of the four Gospels of um, Jesus walking on the water. So here's the story. The disciples were all in the boat and they looked up and they saw, uh, they thought they saw a ghost. And pretty soon what appeared to them was Jesus asking on the, uh, walking on the water. And he asked Peter to walk out to him, so Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water too. When Peter began looking at the waves instead of Jesus, he began to sink. And in this very simple story, Jesus saved him. Fear fear is something that invades my mind, seemingly, when I feel as though my decisions are under my own control and I've assumed autonomy for myself. I'm willing on my own i look at the waves and when i look at the waves of course fear invades my mind ask me if you're behaving if your will to do is in accord with mine and if it is there'll be enough fear um i thought it was a very simple story that's relatable so anyway um i was glad that occurred to me and i hope you find it helpful and now it's top of hour so um
3: I can relate. Thank you all these thoughts. Yeah, <laughs> Thanks, me Rob too. Was that was that was great. Thank you. Thanks yeah. for sharing. Great. Gr- yes, yeah. grateful thank it you, Laura. Yeah.
0: Oh, you're very welcome. So anyway, yeah. here we are, top of anyway. hour and Fran will turn it over to you.
3: <laughs> okay, thank you. Hi everybody. We are in the first part of the workbook and the lesson for today is lesson 19.
0: I am not alone in experiencing the effects of my thoughts. Perfect lesson for what we just read. Perfect. So I'll read some of the lesson, and then we'll go to do our practice. Lesson 19. I am not alone in experiencing the effects of my thoughts. The idea for today is obviously the reason why your seeing does not affect you alone. You will notice that at times... The ideas related to thinking precede those related to pursuing, while at other times, the order is reversed. The reason is that the order does not actually matter. Thinking and its results are simultaneous, for cause and effect are never separate. Today, we are again emphasizing the fact that minds are joined. This is rarely a wholly welcome idea first since it seems to carry with it an enormous sense of responsibility. It may even be regarded as a, quote, invasion of privacy, unquote. Yet it is a fact that there are no private thoughts. Despite your initial resistance to this idea, you will yet understand that it must be true if salvation is possible at all. And salvation must be possible because it is the will of God. The minute or so of mind searching, which today's exercises require, are to be undertaken with eyes closed. The idea is to be repeated first, and then the mind should be carefully searched for the thoughts it contains at that time. As you consider each one, name it in terms of the central person or theme it contains, and holding it in your mind as you do so, say, I am not alone in experiencing the effects of this thought about blank. The requirement of as much indiscriminateness as possible in selecting subjects for the practice period should be quite familiar to you by now and will no longer be repeated each day, although it will occasionally be included as a reminder. Do not forget, however, that random selection of subjects for all practice periods remains essential throughout. Lack of order in this connection will ultimately make the recognition of lack of order in miracles meaningful to you. Apart from the quote, as needed, unquote, application of today's idea, at least three practice periods are required. Shortening the length of time involved if necessary. Do not attempt more than four. Lesson 19. I am not alone in experiencing the effects of my thoughts. Five minutes. Now I shall read the paragraph from the review of Lesson 19. I am not alone in experiencing the effects of my thoughts. I am alone in nothing. Everything I think or say or do touches all the universe. A son of God cannot think or speak or act in vain. He cannot be alone in anything. It is therefore in my power to change every mind along with mine, for mine is the power of God. Lesson 19, I am not alone in experiencing the effects of my thoughts.
2: Amen. Oh, Amen. Thank
0: you so much, Fran. Oh, well, thank you, Fran. i alone in nothing. Thank you for bringing in the review part. And I hope we get a chance to hear that again. I'm complete. So beautiful. The review parts are always so amazing, aren't they? How about when he says, I am alone in nothing. Wow. He cannot be alone in anything, a son of God. Amazing. Hi, this is Diane. Every day.
4: Mm-hmm. Go, ahead. Go ahead, I'm sorry. No, I'm finished. Okay, I, uh, I know this may be real simple for you all, but right now I'm just having sort of a block because I'm trying to break down this very simple lesson um, because they're saying I am not alone in experiencing the effects of my thoughts Um, And the exercise is asking you to close your eyes. I am not alone experiencing the effects of this thought about a neighbor, a family member, people on the call. Uh, You know, um, Lori's demonstration, I think, is what they're trying to get here, where if you're not thinking of God, you're thinking in your own thoughts, and they're not in line with God's thoughts, so you're thinking wrongly. I guess the confusion, confusing part of this, and I think I already know, is every thought I may have, my neighbor next door doesn't know I'm thinking about her when I see her leaving in her car, you know, and coming back. She doesn't know that I might be sending her a blessing or questioning, hmm, where where's she been? You know, where, how are these thoughts connected to her, you know, if we're not I am not alone experiencing my thoughts. Any thought I have is still in line with God, uh, with a vibration that there is some part of it that is still connecting with her. I'm just a little confused about what this lesson is actually trying to say. I'm complete. I
5: know. I know. <laughs> um, back Go ahead, Ida. Is that Ida? Yeah, thank you. Um, well... In the Course, Jesus says, all minds are joined. So, on some really important level, we are all in your mind, and we are all in my mind, and we are all in each person's mind, because we're not really separate. The separation was something we made with our ego. God created one son, But even though we appear to separate for lots and lots of time, lots and lots of space, our minds are still joined. So therefore on some level, you know, it's like that butterfly, you know, flapping its wings, affecting somewhere way out there in the universe. On some level, everything that everybody does and says and doesn't do and doesn't say and thinks and feels in the whole cosmos, affects me. And I believe that's true. That's not just true of me, of course, Since for our mind or your it affects you and it affects everyone. It affects each one of us separately and all of us together. That is the straight skinny on it as far as I can tell from what the Course says. I could go into other explanations that are more spiritual, scientific, but I'm not even going to do that right now. Thanks. I'm complete.
4: I'm I'm, I'm in agreement. Yeah, I'm in agreement with you. That's what I think. But I'm just, I was just tripped up by what it, is that, is that what I think? Because it just seemed confusing the way it was written. So anyway, thank you.
0: It's an excellent question, Diana. And Donna, did I see your hand up?
6: Wow, I don't know how you knew that, but... (laughs) we must be walking close together Uh, yes you did I understood I've had the same experience I had yesterday I understood this lesson spiritually and quote-unquote intellectually or intelligently at the end of what I got I heard I heard the beautiful song how lovely is your dwelling place almighty God. And that's what I got out of this. uh, So this is what I learned from the lesson. Every thought.
2: Are you complete, Donna?
6: I'm, 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 I'm sorry. Uh, uh, um, I'm 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 dealing with a different book. I need a second.
4: Go ahead, Donna. It's okay. I need I'm, a second. Well, I'm, I'm, okay. Um, every
6: this is what I got. Every thought and its activity needs to be God's thought which is his will always. And our will must be fully committed. Thus, in one accord with the understanding, this is my one true purpose. And Holy Spirit and Jesus will bring it to fruition. Therefore, my true will is done so no we can have no independent thought about anything God's thought which is his will and my will must be one fully committed and we must understand that's our purpose so that's what I, I got a very high thought from this and uh, I thank the Holy Spirit and Laurie for seeing my hand up Amen. Thank you,
0: Donna That was that was a real gift. Thank you Donna. Thank
2: you. Thank you so much, Donna. That was just glorious. I was just I just felt your energy so deeply.
4: Yeah. I think the pause thank and
3: and your
2: Thanks, Mhm.
3: I was thinking was- uh back to Oh, this is Robin Marie. Can I go just for a minute? I was thinking about Diana, and I was thinking also about adding Donna's ideas to that, um, that, you know, when you bless your neighbor, that's God blessing your neighbor. Of course, that's going to have an effect. It's going to have an effect because you're walking, you're thinking rightly, And you're thinking God's thoughts. How wonderful. Thanks.
0: Oh, that was a gift too, Robin Marie. Thank you. Oh, thank you. You you know what?
2: Thank Thank you, you, Robin Marie. Thank you. Thank you. you. May I offer a quote? Oh, Oh, I'm sorry, sorry. Lana. No, that's all. go ahead. Just a quick,
0: just a punctuation mark on that. Uh, The quote in the chapter of healing and wholeness is this. You you are being blessed by every beneficent thought of any of your brothers anywhere. That's true. You should want to bless them in return out of gratitude. You do not have to know them individually, are they you? Why? Because the light is so strong that it radiates throughout the sunship. And returns thanks to the father for radiating his joy upon it only God's holy children are worthy to be channels of his beautiful joy because only they are beautiful enough to hold it by sharing it it is impossible for a child of God to love his neighbor except as himself that's why the healers prayer is let me know this brother as I know myself um, the light is so strong that's what I wanted to offer. I'm begging your pardon, Lana. Go ahead, please.
2: Oh, that was beautiful. It always comes back to the golden rule, doesn't it? In one way or another, in every sacred writing, um, to see our brother as ourselves, because, um, and this lesson points to that, and it points to the one oneness of the sonship. You know, and for me, that's just, a given. You know, if the sonship is one, of course my thoughts, you know, affect everybody within the sonship of God. That's just a given. I just put it on there and it helps put it up there in my mind and it helps me in realizing that giving and receiving are one because I can't give outside myself, my true self, my one self. You know this idea of a split mind is why Jesus says, because we perceive ourselves as separate, um, this course is highly individualized. so he's speaking he's speaking to the separated, fragmented Son of God, and another part in the course um asked the question, you know, how does awakening?" occur or how many sons of God does it take for the awakening to occur and the answer he gives is one because in truth the sonship is one so until the entire sonship awakens and we participate in that awakening by demonstrating and as the reading today um, which is a wonderful reading. On mind healing and mind training is to always you know look at your thoughts. So he asked me to look at my thoughts. Am I in harmony with them? Because that will touch my heart whenever I'm in harmony. And we can say another way of saying when something resonates within us, because the spirit of God is within us. So whenever I'm out of harmony with myself for whatever reason for whatever situation for whatever event you know for any reason i'm out of harmony with my true self and i have willed wrongly to have caused that and i might say in truth why would i ever want to will wrongly and disturb disturb my peace you know but it's only when we're aligned with the ego mentality, where we believe we're separate from this one whole, that in the truth is who we are, that there's a friction or a conflict, and we lose that harmony with self. So once Jesus told me, gave me the guidance of, do what brings you peace. It was a generalized instruction to never get out of harmony with myself to do what brings me peace in any situation, to look within and return my mind to its source. And and the other thing, which I think is really important, I believe it was in the lesson, where he says that cause and effect are one. And in another part of the course, he says projection makes perception. So sometimes um, we'll see the projection and believe that something outside of us is disturbing our peace. But they happen simultaneous, but can show up in our awareness as either the cause, the fear within that we feel, or it's projection outside of ourselves. But it's all, all we're seeing are the effects of our thinking, of my thinking, you know i 'm thinking wrongly, so i 'm projecting that thinking or that fear outside of me in an attempt to get rid of it and so he 's he's, he's telling me that it 's always the source And in the reading today it 's always the thinking that causes um, our perception of what 's in front of us, our awareness and i have to and I have to know the distinction between the truth of who I am and my awareness of it. Because whatever I'm aware of, I will believe is real. And I'm only aware of something in conflict when I, when I, as he calls them, idle thoughts, when my awareness has traveled into time. You know, future worries, past regrets, or something in front of us in the present that's frightening us but when i when i just take that pause and return to the sacred center of my being and jesus says in the earth text the only prayer i need ever say is lord heal me and what that is doing is healing the mind that believes it's other other than perfect and pure and once that's healed then the outward picture Becomes healed as well because there's no gap or separation in cause and effect. So, anyway, I'm sorry I rambled on. I'm complete. Thank you. Oh, I don't perceive
0: that as rambling at all. Thank you, Joanna. Beautiful. Thank you, Lana. You're
3: rambling.
6: Oh, sorry. This is Donna again. I just want to say I thank Diane for asking questions. I don't seem to have the ability to ask a question, but I always learn a lot from individuals who ask questions. If that seems to be (coughs) how I get it. And the lovely thing about her question was she reminded me how I am to constantly with what thought I am to see people on the call and my neighbors. So thank you for that, Diane. It helps me keep my thought where my father's thought is. Amen, Pass.
4: Thank you, Donna. My, my prayer is to understand this and not, and not pretend with my ego, that I get it, you know. I, you know, I like what I like. Like my white stone that I I wrote during the Unity Church of the Hill has the white stone ceremony. What are you bringing into the new year? And, and I have to say the words that um, um, I'm sorry. I'm having a brain freeze. Always says Lori. <laughs> I don't know be open, and anyway, thank you. Oh,
0: thank you, Diana. That was great. Beautiful. Thank you, Diana.
2: And thank you, Donna, too, I agree. I love the questions. It causes, when someone asks a question, it directs me inward, it makes me look within, and that's always a good thing. (laughs) Thank you. Always,
0: <clears throat> Judy. Did I see your hand up in there? Yes, I'm just um, trying to hold my thoughts together. Things are going all over the place for me. I'm looking at the text and and having invested some time in in, in this um, level confusion because. You know there's always so much discussion about it on the call and in in my own heart, trying to um settle into some peace about it amidst all the discussion of it and around it um, but first and foremost, the lesson um I think really really just illuminates the power of the one mind and the power of the one mind being making salvation of the entirety of the one Son of God inevitable because it's God's will and that we can't fail if we call on the Holy Spirit for help in aiding us through this doubt, through these doubts and confusions to clarity and light and love and peace. And um, that, um, you know, that, that... Thinking thinking equals perceiving, and perceiving equals thinking. And what I want to see, I will see, because as I think I am, I will see what I want in the world. If I think I'm love, then I'm going to see love or the call for love in the world. And trying to keep things very simple for myself is the only way I can um, operate, because the text reading, which really is, powerful to me today, and, and, and the, um, let me go back to the text, you know, this very first paragraph that, where he speaks about Christ's control over everything that does not matter, okay, what does it matter, what does not matter, because I used to get that, you know, those words recognize what doesn't matter on my billboard in my contemplations in the morning. And everything in the world does not matter. Uh, recognize the insignificance of my body and who I think I am in the world and the importance of it. Um, and Christ's guidance can direct everything that does matter if you so choose. So when looking at this this morning and um, trying to let these two ideas, Christ control, and Christ's guidance settle everything out for me in this God's will is my will business, okay? If I'm aligning with God's will, I'm aligning with the fact that I need Christ's guidance. So I'm going to ask, what is your will in this throughout the day? That makes simple sense to Jude. Now, um, this correction, um, the level correction... Um, I think it's interesting, and I think I finally got it. Um, that fear happens at the physical mind level, at the the world, the body mind level, which doesn't matter because that's part of the dream, that's part of the illusion. And what the ego tries to do is control my physical Jude's reality, people, places, and things around her, in order to make Jude more comfortable. So. I have raised the unimportant to a higher level than it warrants if I have brought it under and brought it under my will where it does not belong. And that's what makes me feel responsible for it. This level of confusion here is obvious, okay? (laughs) It should be obvious. (laughs) um, Wanting to control the reality of the world, which is impossible, Absolutely impossible, and it leads to a level of frustration, anxiety, and fear. So this is where the fear comes out, and um, I just love the the where the Christ guidance can direct everything um, that um, because Christ guidance it happens at the level of my mind. It's it's underneath. It's pre conscious. Where all the miracles, my natural factory setting to be kind and loving, and to say yes, yes, to whatever comes to me today and say yes, I will do this, which you know is no strain, okay when my will my will doesn't conflict with the world. <laughs> I'm saying yes to the world. And it, it reminded me of the lesson, and it reminded me of the rules for happiness, that I decide the goal, and when I get up in the morning, I'm going to be happy, joyous, and free, and God's going to put the curriculum, life's going to be my curriculum, and whatever shows up, I'm not going to stick to what Jude wants. I'm not going to say no if something interferes With Jude's plans, I'm not going to say no, I'm not going to say not this, I'm not going to be in opposition. And so what I'm pulling from this is the wonderful way that Christ will direct me for my happiness and everyone's happiness, everyone involved, and um, control, he controls the world in time and space and adjusts it for me to meet the universal purpose and this you know i gave you guys the example of um jude praying to go on that boat trip with her friends and being a half an hour behind schedule and how he i said if it's your will that i go on this boat trip you'll enable me to get there even though i know i'm a half an hour behind and that boat should be leaving without me he shortened the distance and the time and um, I got there and was on that boat. And, and it was physically, physically by the laws of time and space, impossible. But there were people there to testify to that. And, you know, I don't know how, how he does it. That's what makes it a miracle. But he's cut, Christ is in control of the miracles of, of putting us where we need to be with whomever we need to be, where we need to be. And in order for revelation to happen, for whoever needs revelation. And this is just beautiful, the way this comes together today. But um, that I'm not alone in, in what I experience, because how I think determines how I feel. And if I'm thinking love, then I'm going to be feeling love, and I am going to experience love. And I'm going to want to see it, and I will see it, because I want to. And... To think is to perceive. Perceive is to think, and that's all, folks. Complete. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Judy. That was a thank, lot you. Of thank you, thank you, Judy. Thank you,
2: Judy.
1: Uh, uh this is Lemoyne, and uh. Um, <laughs> I want to try and for a um try and do the thing of weaving the text into the this thing of we're in the lesson that says we're emphasizing the fact that minds are joined, and yeah, I'm not <laughs> I'm not best sure how to demonstrate it, but I think you know the the proposition if you will that the text repeats this fact is you know all being is one that we are thoughts of God in our being we are thoughts of God within the mind of God and those words don't do that justice because the words themselves are inert symbols of what's alive and you know the This is a way I think to make sense of the world, that the and and all the happenings um, and the universe and the way it just kind of spins on. It doesn't seem to be <laughs> caring of what the uh, of who we are on this planet. So that, you know, it's still, you know, if it's if um, at the level of being, which is the level of cause, that of first cause, that uh, mind and consciousness are, are properties of being first, and that. You know this comes from the being simply being aware and you know the the uh we're a thought of individuation and so we do have separate wills but we exist within this greater field if you will and you know um (laughs) So that inherently we're connected at the level of being and the level of mind, and you know our awareness. Consider the way awareness is shaped by language, and language is shared. That this is an expression um, of the unity that makes language possible. That the words. And symbols that can go awry, but they can often communicate more, much more than just a symbol. So, um, you know, to get to fear, you know, and I, I like the explanation in the Course of Love that all, you know, fear is lack of love. All feelings of lack of love come from an inability to receive. I got a new take on that, which is actually pretty simple and laid out, right? If the instruction is listen, learn, and do, you know, the learn, listening and the learning are to um, alignment with the one will that is... Uh, Our Creator. Then, you know, a thought of fear or a feeling of fear, it comes from an inability to receive. So, I mean, it could be as simple as just using that as a reminder to return to the peace of God, the love of God, the joy of God, and just go, okay, I'll just receive. But any kind of block is, or any thought that it's not possible or that I don't know what it is, is a thought of separation from the one source that is our all of our source. So the the instruction here is I think is to take two steps back, not just one into learning, but another step back into listening. Take steps back from situations that produce fear, not to run away to get a try and get a broader view, and uh, I think the instruction I was given was which applies to me, you know that is to recognize the strain is already there in the loss of knowledge or um, loss of the clear picture of what um, love would do. And So, because that strain is already there, you know, either, I mean, I've had, just for simplicity, I have two choices about what to do. The strain is likely to be there in either. And um, you can perhaps look ahead to what would be the fruit of this action to understand that the passing through the strain would be an act of faith to produce a response that is in alignment with, you know, truth, peace, love, joy, the fruits of the spirit. So <laughs> yeah, I don't know, I, I hope that helps that, you know, the strain is already there because of the belief in separation. Uh, Rupert Sheldrake has a wonderful example of how minds are joined with his telephone telepathy thing where four people join as a group and they know each other. And then once a day they get a call from the computer um, and either the computer calls them and says, you're about to receive a call, or no, you're going to call somebody else. And it's this person, and we're going to connect that call now. And once that person says, okay, I can do this right now, and then it puts in the call to the other person, who then picks one of the three people, you know, guesses, if you will, or tries to intuit who's calling them. And it's normally randomly, it'd be one out of three, but the results are almost twice that, somewhere between half and two-thirds of the time, people get it right. And uh, this is because, you know, we're not alone in experiencing the effects of our thoughts. (laughs) Anyway, I'm complete. I'll stop there.
0: Boy, that was really enjoyable, Lemoyne. Thank you so much.
2: Yeah, yes, thank, thank you, you. That was wonderful. Thank you. Thank you, Lamar. And this is Kellana just briefly. When you, I love I love where it says uh, fear is a lack of love. And boy, that just sums it up so so clearly. One of my favorite quotes by a saint is Saint Augustine. He said, love and do what you want. Because he knew, he knows where, whenever we come from love, our behavior will be appropriate. So it's, it's always a return to love. And, and I also remember another, which I find really important, is where Jesus says in the course, first forgiveness, then understanding. And so whenever I run across the part of the course, where I don't understand something, I have to recognize it's not what I'm reading. It's the condition of my mind while I'm reading it. So if I don't understand, I have to heal my mind. And then once I practice forgiveness, and that shift in perception comes, I have a clarity and a certainty and inner knowing which makes understanding sort of an obsolete concept because then I know it's been validated in my experience in some way and I know. So when I don't understand something, it's just a clue for me that, you know, a reminder that an unhealed mind can't understand anything. You know, if I'm functioning from an ego mentality, only that mentality doesn't understand. So I have to remind myself that first forgiveness, then understanding. In fact, um, somewhere in, in <laughs> when I took um, the S training decades ago, they used to say that understanding was the booby prize. <laughs>
3: you know, once you <laughs> heal
2: the mind, you know, you have an inner knowing and you don't even need to understand. And that's unexplainable. To a conflicted mind. So, anyway, I'm complete. Thank you.
0: Well, I love that, Lana. Thank you so much. <laughs> yeah, me too. Thank you. Well, thank you, guys. And, you know, that's, um, to me, that is uh, what's on offer when I accept atonement for myself. You know, it's uh, and until that happens. I don't realize the extent to which my mind is split. You know, um, the atonement is the healing of the split mind. And I'll, um, I'll tell a little story. And, uh, we get to lesson seventy-three, and that lesson is, "I will there be light." And we've already had, you know, a review lesson and another lesson that said when you begin to understand you'll see little little uh bridges of light around things. Uh but bear in mind that seeing little light episodes is not knowledge. In fact, little light episodes disappear when you um when you understand things. when we get to lesson 73 that lesson is I will there be light I will there be light it's worth a look and um, and the lesson after that is there is no will but God and the lesson after that is the light has come those three lessons Um, together comprise the healing of the mind to me or the acceptance of the atonement when I understand um, through direct experience I come to know that God is only love and his regard for me as person as this thing I think I am his regard for me is only love And that outside of my awareness, yet still within me, is my own intense and burning love for God. When we get to chapter 4, I think that 5 is healing and wholeness. Jesus says, let's pray to the Father to keep you ever mindful of his great love for you and yours for Him." again uh, the acceptance of the atonement and that love awareness is so all encompassing in the holy instant it restores the awareness instantly of um, the truth of that relationship with the son to the father and the father to the son because of the atonement of my mind my acceptance that I have not changed myself from the Christ I was created to be because of that awareness, um, everything everything takes on a new light seen through the eyes of love or through vision, and every lesson in this workbook is designed uh so perfectly to return me to that awareness we call it waking up waking up to the fact that um, I had a lot of mistaken thoughts and those mistaken thoughts uh, caused me to think that my mind is in my body and everything else is outside of me the lesson is designed to help me understand. That my mind is not in my body and that my mind is actually transparent when it's corrected a little story I I had a patient once I just left her to pieces and it seemed like everybody in her life left her to pieces and in spite of this terrible disease that she had People would come visit her, and it's like the floor would get noisy. They were all so happy in there, <laughs> you know. And uh, and I, I this was before I understood about mind, but um, I thought to myself, I, I've never seen such a transparent person in my whole life. She lived her thoughts, and um, th- there was nothing about her that was concealed at all. And her thoughts were just happy. And because she was so flippin' happy, everybody that came to visit her was happy too. And that's what's on offer here, you know. When I understand my mind is not in my body, my mind is is one with God. And later on we'll have review lessons that say my mind holds only thoughts I think with God. I'm so used to thoughts running through my mind and keeping me entertained and And telling their stories and and all what have you um, that I forget and that's all that happened here Um, because of forgetting the truth of us forgetting the truth of me forgetting the truth of this relationship that I have with the Father I thought my mind was in my body and I thought my body made me a separate person Later on, later on um, as regards Christ's control and Christ's guidance, he, he talks about himself as elder brother, and he said an elder brother can be entrusted uh, with a younger brother because he cares about the younger brother, but he doesn't confuse himself with who this younger brother really is. And then he goes on to say, I can be entrusted with your body and your ego because I can teach you their unimportance. And that's what he's talking about when he talks about Christ's control, the things that don't matter. Uh, I think it's in that first paragraph, isn't it? Yeah, Christ's control can take over everything that does not matter. That's my body and my ego. I don't have to worry about those. Those are lower order concerns. But I do need to be concerned about my mind and the thoughts I entertain. And the fact that my mind, in truth, in truth, my mind holds, retains, is eternally fixed on the thoughts I think with God. That's the truth. There are many thoughts that can come and go. And, and you know, we've all heard that Rumi poem that this being human is a guesthouse. Thoughts of jealousy and anger and this and that and this and that can come. Uh, but I, the truth of me, do not need to entertain them. They can pass through. You know, I don't need to um, make elaborate stories out of them and establish the meaning that they have. that's That's my mistaken job. I don't need to do that. Christ's control can take over everything that does not matter. While Christ's guidance can direct everything that does if you so choose, if you so choose and that right there is my power of choice he elaborates in paragraph 71 no not 71 I can't read my own writing 74 what you do comes from what you think you cannot separate yourself from truth by giving autonomy to behavior this is where I'm talking about that transparency of thought. This is controlled by me automatically as soon as you place what you think under my guidance. I'm not talking about ego and body thoughts now. I'm talking about um, judgment thoughts. Judgment thoughts. And if you think about it, fear always results from judgment. You know, I look outside my body and I see things and I instantly make a judgment, I interpret what they mean, and then I think I'm going to behave as a consequence of what I think I see. And that's the problem. You know, remember a miracle principle what is it? I wrote it down. Miracle Principle forty two. Whenever you I can't even read that writing either. I seem to want to behave as a consequence of what I what I perceive. And what really happens there is there's a stimulus, I see it and now I want to respond to it. The problem is when I'm not in my right mind, when I'm not thinking with Christ, when I'm not thinking with the Holy Spirit, I'm not in my right mind and when I'm not in my right mind I don't correctly perceive the stimulus I perceive it as something else and then I behave accordingly he says the reason the way to the way to behave in golden rule behavior is to look out from your own holiness and perceive the holiness of your brother now I can as a consequence of that healing of my mind, perceive my brother truly. Ultimately, ultimately, every lesson here is designed to help me realize in a real way, in a true way, in a transparent way, that we're all just Christ walking around. You know? That's, um, we share oneself, one one self one mind uh, in the same way Ruby says one light mind When well, my mind is healed what happens he talks about perception here and how I perceive wrongly and then I behave according to what I perceive and as a consequence I have splits in my mind I either do um, what I don't want to do and feel rage and then project it. Or, no, that was the second one. The other one is I uh, have conflicted will. Either way, I'm going to uh, project something erroneous. And ultimately, when my mind is healed, I'll no longer project wrong thoughts, but I move into what he calls manifesting. And there's a very big difference between projecting and manifesting he says the way to achieve this healing is do it like I did deny the denial I deny the truth and I think people are personalities I think I'm an ego deny the denial of truth and project like I did project the truth and uh, in one case, I'll have an experience of fear. When I'm ego bound, when my mind is free and healed, I'll have just an experience of love. That's a lot of stuff. Um, I think that's enough. All I really wanted to say is um, the atonement is the healing of my mind and the restoration of the truth of love to my awareness with that awareness, um, I'll just naturally manifest the truth. I'm complete. Thank you so much, Lori.
2: Thank, Thank you, you, Lori. Thank you, Laurie. That was wonderful. I want to share that
3: the last couple of days I've
2: had um, episodes of my congestive heart failure, which makes me very weak. In body, and also in mind. My mind is very weak and very susceptible to ego thoughts and an ego mentality. And I'm telling you, just to come on the call today took great strength, but I knew once I would be on it, it would be like feeding my mind with truth, and that strengthens it. So my mind, I mean, I know the healing will come. It always does. But during this interval of time, where the healing plays out, I really have to watch my mind and in a course of love, the last part of the first part first book on a course of love it's this think no more <laughs> and and so during these times, I occupy my mind um with lots of things you know sometimes I'll read sometimes um I'm meditate sometimes I'll recite mantras and anything to distract keep my mind occupied so it doesn't join with the ego thoughts because the next chapter and of course the love is the art of thought there's a real art to thinking and it 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 tells us instructs us not to look at the pattern uh, ego mentality is merely a pattern of thinking. There is no such thing as ego. But if we believe there is, and, can, and condition our mind to believe it's real, we do condition the mind in a particular thought pattern of thinking. So that's what it's telling us and teaching us the art of thought. It's, there's a way of being in the present moment And only thinking the thoughts of God are coming from a place of love that heals. So as my body heals, I've been occupying my mind by watching, binge-watching this Netflix TV series. What's it called? Madam Secretary. (laughs) And it's captivating enough that it shuts down my thinking mind. So once I give and ask for healing, I've given it to God. And if I engage that thinking again, it's like I'm taking it back. And it's like saying, never mind, I just want to suffer. <laughs> so I try to shut down my thinking mind by thinking no more. And I do that and whatever works, it doesn't have to be holy or sacred, as long as it shuts down my thinking mind. <laughs> so I'm preoccupied with something else. Anyway, I'm complete. Thank you for listening, and thank you for being there. This call really is miraculous in restoring yeah. my mind. Thank you.
0: That's and what a delight to hear you chuckle. Um, Colleen Roger, oh, thank you, Lana, for your beautiful example. Oh, thank you. Oh, thank you, Lana. Yeah. Thank you so much. Bring that tears. was beautiful. Um,
4: yeah, Lana. You have, a, you have an answer. Right for sure. Thank you, Lana. Oh, thank you. Thank you. You don't you
2: don't know how you all contribute to my well-being and my healing, so thank you. I'm glad you're feeling better.
5: And then uh, I a short oh. paragraph I'll read, um, which is because this morning when the new staff came in, for the morning, and the old sap was still here. They had a fight again, that was disturbing to me. And I just found something in Facebook from uh, a few of you might know the um, newsletter called Pathways of Light, which has to do with the course that I'm going to read now. Hang on a second, we'll get it up here. Well, here it is. Uh, well, I'm just going to read the first sentence. Always has no direction, time seems to go one direction, but when you reach its end, it will roll up like a long carpet, spread along the path behind you, and will disappear. As long as you believe the Son of God is guilty, you will walk along the carpet believing that it leads to death, and the journey will seem long and cruel and senseless, for so it is. Guilt can never be true. We release ourselves from the past when we forgive illusions of loss and harm. Without these illusions, guilt has no basis and we awaken in the eternal oneness of God's love. Thank you for hearing me. I'm complete. Ida,
0: that was a real gift. Thank you for bringing that.
3: Yes, I you're Thank lovely,
0: you, lovely. You're welcome. Yeah, it sounds like it really blesses you too.
5: I'm glad for that. Yes, it does. Because I was, uh, I was upset. um, I'm feeling better now too. Oh, wonderful. Any final
6: shares here this morning before we end the recording? Um, This is Donna. Uh, um, Mark. Lori, what you, first of all, I'd like to say, aren't we blessed to have a place to come and rest, no matter how we feel or what we're going through in quote unquote our dream state? So um, thank you, Lana, for drawing that to my own attention. Lori, the first, the one thing that really, two things. I got something and you confirmed it with Lessons 73, 74, and 75. And then um, you also confirmed it again by what the difference between projection and manifestation is. Thank you for that. And then you spoke this Christ, control, Christ controlled takes over everything that doesn't matter. End quote. So, what I understand from that and matter. Therefore, doesn't literally matter, except for God's purpose to wake us. The body only seems to be matter. <clears throat> so for me, that is becoming radically clear that the physical body, the quote-unquote human physical, quote-unquote matter, mortal mind, has no reality in reality except the purpose of God. <clears throat> and then i've looked at our our review lesson again a son of god cannot think or speak or act in vain and i got an awe about that and which you confirmed with the lessons if it is not god's thought idea or inspiration then as a son of god i am daydreaming the world i think i see and the activity in it is the joint belief a mistaken belief by god's son that he made and inhabits a physical world of his making which he believes is real and separates him from god god's answer to that is genesis 2:21 and god put Adam into a deep sleep. Thank you for today. I am complete.
0: Thank you, Donna. He, he refers to that in the Course of Miracles and he says, and never does it say that he woke up. Oh, yeah. And thank
6: God that's so. <laughs>
0: yeah. And thank he you, talks Mary. about that in relation to the celestial speed up I think um, anyway Judy yes is there a time or you would would you like to close Lord? You, no you go right ahead I I'm just I'm really into this um, re- replacing fear with love because it speaks of this strongly in the text today that Christ cannot control fear because I made it, and I believe in it. And this is why I have to depend on the Holy Spirit to judge what I think I see, what I think, and what I see. Um, that fear arises from the from from what I think. That I think I'm a body in the world, and everything I think I see see myself as my body. Uh, as I perceive as myself being the body, I perceive as being threatened and possibly destroyed. My body can be threatened or destroyed or needs protection in and of the world when I'm not in or of the world. So what you spoke of um, earlier, Laurie, about the denial of the denial of truth, that I, um, um, going back to Chapter 2, Um, the right defense and release from fear. Whenever I'm afraid, I am deceived. I am deceived in what I am, and I am am perceiving the world as threatening and fearful. So this is what I need to be um, mindful of because Christ can't help me with this. I'm doing this to myself, and my mind is not serving my soul this literally starves the soul by denying its daily bread, which um, in the Lord's Prayer um, refers to the Holy Spirit. So, um, and then it says, "But remember this thought: never underestimate the power of denial. In the service of the right mind, the denial of air or the world or that I'm a body frees the mind." and reestablishes the freedom of my will. When the will is really free, it cannot miscreate because it recognizes only the truth. And false projection arises out of false denial, not out of proper use. And um, so the miracle worker is one who accepts Christ, kind of denial and projection, proper projection, uniting my own inherent abilities to deny and project with Christ and impose them back on myself and others. This establishes the total lack of threat of fear anywhere. Then we can work for the real time of peace, which is eternal. (laughs) Oh, thank you. That's what I wanted to reread. Uh, I'm complete. Beautiful. Thank you, Judy. And would you please give the reference uh, if anyone else wants to look that up? Am I on? It's mute? Chapter two, um, section three: the proper use of denial. And it's about it's paragraph six is where I started reading. Perfect. Thank you. Perfect. Thank you, Judy. That was just great. Um, you know, I, I passed about this morning, um, for the right place and it just keeps coming back. So this must be the right place to end the recording.
1: Lauren? Um, <laughs> yes. Uh, oh, can I just repeat a little bit of 81? Yes,
0: please. Please. Yeah,
1: the lesson, the lesson here is quite simple, but particularly apt to be overlooked. Only the mind can produce fear. The level confusion is to project it on the body and see the, you know, the linkage of the cause and the effect appearing immediately in the body as some kind of response and think the body is doing it or demanding it. But it is the mind that is already confused that makes that misinterpretation <clears throat> so um, yeah <laughs> anyway it's, uh it really is it's uh, simply said but yeah like I said before there there's apt to be some strain it's that the misthought <laughs> has been carried on enough to build a very convincing world so but the lesson is still yeah. only the mind can produce fear and uncomplete.
2: <clears throat>
0: Thank you very much, Lemoyne. Thank,
4: Thank you, you. LeMoyne. lesson Thank you, Judy. <clears throat> Thank you, Lemoyne.
0: Okay. <clears throat> so now to end the recording. As I said, this keeps coming back, so I'll source it for you. Uh, And the reason I think it keeps coming back is because once I realize um, I've had a lot of mistaken thoughts, uh, this thing can happen where ego says, see what you've done, and take the blame. And then I wind up in a, I had a thought, now I'm judging my thought for its mistake, and there's a very vicious circle that happens there. (coughs) And and I just felt like this was um, what I'm called to share. It's from a new work channeled by Sebastian Blakesley called The Age of the Heart, The Birth of a New Heaven and a New Earth. And if this resonates with you, uh, as it resonates with me, then I think it will serve to be very helpful. Um, In the chapter called A New Heart, In Christ I Am Everything. He writes, when you feel your heart flutter and your mind entertain thoughts of anguish and fear, acknowledge them. This means that you recognize that you are experiencing fear, lack of peace, anguish, and worry. Once recognized, share with me how you feel without self-editing. Without attempting to disguise anything and with the assurance that we are in this together as we are perpetually united in love when you have poured out your heart to me leave everything in my divine hands I myself will take care of everything based on my infinite wisdom and my unconditional love for you all and all creation Um, without self-editing. My problem is I uh, self-edit and I deny uh, my thoughts because I've judged them. But I'm encouraged. I'm encouraged to share them with my guide and let me um, rest in that love and let him give me the reassurance I need. I'm complete, and I thank you all. I hope you have a wonderful weekend and can look forward to uh, the correction for lack of love on Monday because it's so splendid. Thank you, everyone, and I love you. I hope you have a great weekend. Oh, thank you.